Hey, it's Dan. Welcome back to the Edgy Conversations podcast. Okay, uh, look, I'm pumped. All night I was thinking about what we talked about yesterday, uh, the idea about maps. Yay, who gets all that excited? By the way, do any of you remember back in the day? I, I think, you know, I'm almost 40 now. I remember when I was a youngin' and we used to go on family vacation in our, um, what do you call it, station wagon with like wood paneling on the sides and that seat that faced the rear and somebody always threw up and then you could never clean the carpet and it was just, you know... Horrible, horrible. But I, what I do remember about those vacations, we would go to North Dakota and South Dakota and all over the place. I remember going on some vacations where we'd have big bison. It's like a big buffalo right on the road when these nature parks and things like that. But I remember several times my father would get out of the car and he would walk to the front of the car and he would have this giant Rand McNally map. And I just remember distinctly how he would take this map and almost splay it on the front of uh, the, the vehicle. The entire hood of the car, he'd place this, this map. And he would, with his finger, trace the route that we were going. Of course, nowadays, no one does that, right? What do you do? Do you call up Google and, and, <laughs> and Google does all the things for you? You don't need to do anything like that. But I was thinking... This morning, as I was getting ready to, to talk about part two of our discussion yesterday about relationships and, 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 you know, the whole, based on my insights from Richard Bandler, how to build a successful life, is that you've got this map and the map governs what you can do or can't do. So when my father tracing that route with his finger, it was kind of like, well, we're going to take the 20 down to 95 and then shoot across the 404 and eventually we're going to get to the, the 2-1, you know, 2-1 overcross. And we're going to take that north for about 20 miles. Everything was about, about. And you don't know what traffic was. You don't know if there was a Dunkin' Donuts on the way. It was just about the map you had in front of you. And then Rand McNally, maybe it was published every year, two years, who knows. Nowadays, you know, you get Google real time updating you on traffic, updating you on what new restaurants open. If you're going to go to a restaurant that's closing soon, I mean, the extent of information you get from you know Google versus Rand McNally, it's mind-blowing. Although I was in a, a restaurant not too long ago on a on a trip and the bathroom right above my head they had these advertisements. And what was interesting was it there was a Rand McNally GPS system. And I kind of chuckled because I thought, huh, that's cool. Rand McNally has reinvented themselves. It's become the uh, the Google of, uh, of Rand McNally's. And so anyways, I thought that was pretty interesting because it had to do with maps. And we just were spending the whole episode yesterday talking about maps. And, and the reality is your map is your map. It's different than other people's maps. It's what's on your map is based on where you've been, where you've gone, what you've seen, the skills you've developed, the experiences you've been through. And someone else's map has going to have different things on it. And so it's not about what's right or wrong. It's about what's on your map, okay? What's on your map is going to feel very, very, very right to you. But can you, can you appreciate the fact that if it's not on someone else's map, you might it might not feel all that truthful to them. So we talked about maps. We talked about if you... You know, change is the only thing that's happening in life. 
It's the only constant in life. So how do we build relationships with others knowing that they have a map, but we have a map? Well, first and foremost, I think this is really powerful. If you want someone else to be happy, you have to be happy. So if you're the business of sales and it's your job to inspire change, then it makes no sense for you to be mopey and frustrated and thinking in a negative way if you plan to inspire them to change, right? So the state of mind that you want them to be in, you must be there first. This is where I think we, we don't do a good enough job, a thorough of a job. We want someone else to make change in their life, and yet we're not in a state of mind where change is something that we're willing to do. We're not. And so that's, that's important to realize, right? It's very important to realize because uh, if you're not willing to change, right? If you're not willing to grow, then unfortunately, it's going to be very, very hard to do anything that's meaningful and magical, right? So think about that. You have to get into that state of mind first. So that might mean uh, you need to spend 15 minutes before you step into a meeting, taking a deep breath, channeling some positive thoughts, listening to some music. Um, Look, you, you have to feel wonderful if you want a person to feel good. Now, Feeling, you might say, well, I'm not someone who feels good. I don't know how to feel good. The, the reality is that it's not your personal history that makes you who you are. It's your response to it. Remember that. Now, I mentioned to you that last episode that I was thinking about dropping therapy. And I think this is why, ultimately, I might have to, ch- to check out, to stop. Here's why. I'm wondering if, if I'm not spending too much time um, focusing on the past and trying to figure out what it is, why I work. And here's why I say that. And maybe, maybe that's you. Is I have this curiosity about how my brain works and what I can do to become a high performer. And in the what I can do to be a high performer, it's been study about what I have done and the results that's gotten me. But I'm not convinced that studying my history is something that's actually going to make me a better in what I do, right? So, for example, let's say I had some personality flaws. Uh, studying those personality flaws isn't something that's going to help me necessarily improve them. I probably know them if I'm honest. I probably know that you know I'm rude at times. Probably know that that's not something that's a fixed personality trait. I'm not rude all the time. I'm rude some of the time. So why am I rude? I'm shy some of the time. I'm not shy all the time. So why am I shy? And if I look at from an honest perspective, again, based on my map, I have to say it's because I'm not in the right state of mind. Maybe I've got too much stress on my mind. I often say to others, I've, got, I've just got a lot on my mind right now. What is a lot on your mind? Because all of us have a lot on our mind all the time. That's what your purpose of the mind is, is to manage everything that you would have on it. So the state of mind is what channels, allows you to channel uh, good feelings, bad feelings, feelings of confidence. And those aren't accidents. If you think about the times you felt really confident, maybe it was when you were you know, listening to some specific music. Uh, maybe it was when you had engaged with somebody and... 
you know, all of a sudden, boom, you know, you're feeling a lot more confident after speaking with them, things like this. The truth is that these states are not accidents. For some of you, uh, we know already, not about for some of you, some of you who are in CrossFit or running or cycling or something like that, know you act and feel differently after you've had some physical exercise. This is a kind of a no-brainer, right? So how do we use all of this, right? How do we use all of this? Uh, does this matter? Are we winding away on, you know, winding off on tangents? So if you want other people to make better choices, the key is not to, make, to help them make the choice you want them to make. It is simply to help others expand their map of the world. Let's go back. You've got this map. It's built on, based on everything you've ever done. Your experiences, what you've read, TV shows you've watched, radio you listen to. And when we want someone to buy from us, obviously we want them to make a, what we consider to be a great choice, buying from us. But the goal is not to get people to make that choice. It's simply to help them expand their map of the world. It is. That's it. We help others expand their map of the world. And when they expand their map of the world, it allows them to consider us as an option, to make what we would consider that better choice. And to do that, we have to, we have to believe something really key. You have to take responsibility for your communication, right? Because helping them expand their map of the world is all about communication. If you're not getting the results you want, you need to change what you're doing. Seems super simple, but it's really clear. If you're not getting the results you want in sales, you have to change what you're doing. There are hundreds, and I mean hundreds. That's my computer telling me that I'm supposed to be in a, in, in a location here soon. There are hundreds of books written on sales. If you're not getting the results you want, you've got to change. You've got to change, got to change. You can't keep doing the same thing you've always been doing in the exact same way and expect it to work. You have to evolve. So here are some ways you might evolve. We'll hit on these quickly. We know that some of us prefer thinking in terms of visual images. When I read, I often think of visual images. Others have a keen ear for sounds. Uh, if, you get an e if you get an email from me, you'll know often I'll reply, sounds good. You didn't say anything. Sounds good. So I'm listening for the auditory words. That's my language. Um, others rely on body sensations to make sense of the world, how they feel. I'm part auditory uh, and kinesthetic as well. I, I'm not overly visual in that sense. If I feel good or feel good about a situation and it sounds good in my head as I play it out for myself, I generally go ahead with that decision. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you're that type of person. You're not necessarily an auditory person or kinesthetic. That's what we call the feeling person or, or, or visual person. Um, you're not locked into that mode forever. It might just be temporary. But being aware of those views, of those map markers, allows you to know how a person is thinking in a particular context. Maybe in a golf game, the person's very visual. Ball here, pen here, club here, how I hit the ball, arc, very visual. That's how it is. Maybe in a different sense, in a movie making 
experience. I'm very audio driven, right? Like I have a keen sense for sounds. Ooh, that doesn't sound right. The phrasing of that doesn't sound right. Often when I listen to myself, when I listen to political figures, I come away going, ooh, ah, ugh, cringy. Knowing what they said, sure, I kind of get it. But the way they said it, oh, so awful. Makes you want to cringe, right? Because, and you've probably been in the same situation as well. Whether it's at church or whether it's in a press release or whether it's in front of a TV screen, you go, oh, I agree with you in concept. But the way you said it was so tough and wrong. What happened there? It's that person's map didn't match the person who's listening. And so that incongruency, that lack of connection caused a natural break in rapport. See, rapport is something that happens naturally. It's not something that you can fake or something that you can pretend to have. It happens automatically. And when you know how to map, know what someone else's map is for a particular context, then you don't need to guess or go through fake things like talking about the weather, someone's pictures of their kids. You can talk to them because you know how they view or how they're thinking of something in a particular context. So when you find yourself in a difficult situation, which is often why you would be using the maps and using the states and communication, remember that the problem isn't the issue itself. The problem is the problem. In fact, I've heard people say, and it wasn't Bandler, that there are no problems in nature. It's only interpretations. So you might think it's a problem that a lion eats a gazelle, but that's not a problem in nature. It's not. It's just what it is. The problem is when we have an opinion about that, the way we think about it. So those problems aren't usually the most important problem for all of us. The biggest problem that we each have is that we spend so much time on our problems that if we do actually get rid of that problem, we're going to find something else to put in its place. In other words, being disappointed, being unhappy, being sad, being depressed requires adequate planning. Are you sad when you sleep? Maybe. Maybe not. Have you thought about that before? Are you depressed when you sleep? Are you disappointed when you sleep? Are you angry when you sleep? Maybe not. How would you know? Right? So those states of mind, ooh, I said it again, states of mind require planning. Where does it come from? It comes from the automatic response of digging into the past, linking that to a map that you haven't changed or expanded or grown, and what happens? If you begin to look at things as if they're difficult, they will be. Why? Because your map says everything in this lane, everything going this place is difficult. I know I'm over time, but hang with me for a few minutes. If you begin to study what makes things impossible, you will find that out and it'll stop you from, be, from achieving things that are impossible. It's not going to help you because you know what makes things impossible. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hold you back from achieving those sort of things. How does, what does all of this matter? What does this mean with relationships and others? If you're doing something and it's not working, well, then obviously... There's got to be an easier way. And if what you're doing isn't working, you've got to do something else. So right now, if what you're doing to build relationships or to grow your business isn't working, you have to do something else. And the first thing, before you start jumping around and trying new things and, and all of the craziness, 
you've got to change your state, right? You've got to change your state. And that's where all of this begins. So I'm going to leave it there to say, what's your state? What's your state? Uh, what's your state of mind? What's your state of body? What's your state of finance? What's your state of thoughts? You begin to change your state. We call it a state of mind, right? With your thoughts, those thoughts become actions. Actions become habits. Habits become the future you. I often say, and I've written an article or two about it over time, thoughts become things. And so no one becomes a serial killer overnight. They first, they think about it. And no one becomes a millionaire overnight. They first think about it. And everything in between those two extremes happened because someone had thoughts and they think about it and that guides them on their path to success. Even if success for them is doing something pretty horrific. Okay, guys, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for hanging with me a few extra minutes. I'm three or four minutes over time, uh, but I wanted to kind of finish this discussion, two-part series on maps, on communication. I'm so glad that we could, we could have this discussion. Go out there and be awesome. I'll leave it there. Until the next time, stay edgy, be awesome. <laughs>